Well, let's continue our trip around the sporting globe on your summer breakfast here on SCNZ. We head north to North America and catch up with Sam McKee at a sports net in Canada. Uh, big news in the NHL yesterday. William Nylander is very good at ice hockey. He's also very, very wealthy. Uh, he has just penned uh, a huge contract uh, worth, um, and don't cry New Zealanders, about 147 million New Zealand pesos. Um, over nine years, nine years, that's a heck of a long time, a significant cap had uh, been carried by his club, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who now have four of the top 11 salaries on board for next season. How does that work? Well, luckily, Sam's here. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Really well. Uh, hearing you say uh, the morning in the summer really caught me off guard because it is the afternoon <laughs> and the winter here. So... <laughs> We were in LA earlier this. We were in LA talking NBA uh, earlier in the show, and um, our dear friend was complaining about you know uh, you know conditions in LA. So I, um, I I couldn't help but imagine how actually you're suffering for a winter, and he is not. Yeah, it's very cold, very snowy, very rainy. It's uh, pretty much the worst day of the year here so far, but not the worst day of the year if you're William Nylander because you are very rich if you're William Nylander. And uh, 147 million, pay, uh, was it, New Zealand pesos? Yeah, that's a lot of cash here, bud. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, incredible, right? Is he worth it? Is he worth it? It's a long journey with one William Nylander here in Toronto where he has been a guy that has gone from a prospect to a sort of underperforming player to a guy who's taken the next step to a guy that's now the one of the most high-paid guys in the league. I think at the way, the level he's playing right now, guys, he is definitely worth it. But the problem comes in a very, very pressure-packed uh, market here in Toronto that if he doesn't continue this level of play for the next few seasons, then the conversations are really going to start to, to uh, you know, heat up about if he was worth it or not. So if he continues to play at the level that he's at, which is one of the better players in the league so far this season, the contract will be totally fine and totally worth it. But he has to keep at that level. So no pressure, William. You just got to keep playing like one of the best five players in the world for now and everybody to be mad at your contract. Uh, speaking of that, Sammy, uh, great to have you back on the show, buddy. Uh, oh, pleasure. Austin Matthews, you know, he is the face of that franchise, uh, one of the most marketable players uh, in, in the league. He signed a four-year extension. What does it mean to you that Nylander went for that full max eight-year deal? I think it's a good question, and I think Matthews, I guess he's just a different animal. I guess he's maybe more of an NBA sort of fan or a different sport fan where they sign sort of shorter-term deals for higher uh, average annual value, and then you set yourself up to – like in four years, there's a chance that Austin Matthews is legitimately the best player in the league hitting free agency at age 30 or age 29. So he sets himself up for yet another massive contract. I think William Nylander saw the chance here to cash in and stay long-term and get the maximum amount of value. But I also think that William Nylander deserves a little bit of credit for actually committing to the Leafs long-term, which is the first guy of the core, uh, other than Tavares, but Tavares could only sign for seven. But outside of uh, William Nylander, uh, sorry, outside of uh, William Nylander, none of them have actually done it. So the fact that you can give him the full credit for giving the full eight years is good, but... I think if somebody put that contract in front of me, I think it'd be pretty hard not to sign it. So I don't want to give him a ton of credit. But yeah, I think it just says that he's more comfortable 
with getting this money now. And Austin Matthews knows that in four years, he's going to get paid even more money for an even longer term. So I think it's just a little bit of uh, management of his of his wealth that's to come. One thing that might surprise you, uh, Sam, is that the Shohei Otani news even made its way down here. Uh, and I, I know how big of a circus it was uh, in the Toronto news uh, circuit. How did the Nylander news rate on that scale? Uh, it's a very different audience, I would say. There's definitely like a rivalry between diehard Jays fans and diehard Leaf fans. There's clearly a lot of crossover, but there's a lot of Jays fans that aren't the biggest Leaf fans. I'll say that. So I think, I think the Shohei Otani one was bigger amongst just the sports fandom in in the sort of in Toronto and in Canada in general because you know the Jays are the only baseball team in Canada. It's a massive story. Everybody was following it. I think the William Nylander one is a more of a Toronto story, more of a Toronto Leaf fan story. Everybody else, like we were getting so many texts on our show yesterday about, oh, could you talk about one of the other teams? Oh, could you do this? Enough with the Leafs. No one cares about the Leafs. So. I think it's more of a national story, the Otani thing, but it was a really big deal amongst Leaf fans yesterday. Hmm. Well, it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? In a salary cap competition, yeah. that one team can have four of the top 11 contracts. Um, talk about imbalance. And how. Right? So, no, it's, I mean, it's one of the big issues here with them being able to pay all these guys all this money and still be able to field a competitive bottom half of your lineup. So their bank next year is going to be really tough. But the year after that, Tavares' $11 million comes off the con- uh, comes off the books. So then I guess they're kind of aiming towards that to have that as like their their um, their right. the, what they're looking at. But to me, I, this is something that I've I've talked about a lot on our show and something I've you know it's been a real hobby horse amongst a lot of our friends is that the salary cap format in the tr- in the in the NHL leaves no wiggle room for anything. Like you look at the NBA where you have a luxury tax and you can spend above it. And you can do this in the NFL, like it's a little bit weird with the salary cap. There's a competitive balance tax in MLB, but the NHL is the only one with a really hard cap. And that creates so much conversation about people's, about what they make as opposed to what they're actually doing on the ice and they're measured against what they make. Like, why should I care how much these guys that I watch every night make? Like, I just want to care if they shoot it in the net. Like, I, I just, it's really been frustrating over Gary Bettman's tenure over the past little while that the cap hasn't gone up, the hard cap. So I think that's a big gripe for a lot of people. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough for them and they're going to have to figure out how they can do it. And it just puts all the more pressure, fellas, on the actual four guys to produce at a really high level for them to have success. Uh, speaking with Sam McKee from uh, Sportsnet, real quick and born. Sam, looking at the uh, NHL standings today, very quickly getting towards the halfway point of the season. The All-Star break is coming up. You've got two Canadian teams currently leading divisions, Winnipeg Jets leading the uh, Central and in the Pacific. The uh, Vancouver Canucks have been a bit of a surprise story there, I think, for uh, many uh, fans that follow the NHL. For a long, long time, you know, uh, Canadian sports fans have been wondering when a Canadian NHL team might win a Stanley Cup. I mean, is it too early to say now as good as ever? I would say that this year is surprisingly good. Like, I... I wasn't expecting this for the Jets, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting it from Vancouver, that's for sure. Edmonton had a really bad start, but they've really turned it around, and they look like one of the class of the NHL here now. The Leafs always are going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to have people are going to have a conversation about them. But you know, it's it's definitely I think something amongst Canadian hockey fans that they want their team to be the one to bring it back to Canada. And I got to tell you, like I don't 
I don't want any other Canadian teams other than the Leafs to win. Like, I, I don't want any other fan base in this country to have those bragging rights. It's been a really long time here now. It's a huge deal for the first team that brings it back to Canada, yeah. right? So I I think it's not 92-93 is the last time a Canadian team won the, the Stanley Cup, which is really hard to fathom. And we've had some teams that are close here, clearly. The Flames got really close. Uh, the Oilers got really close. Ottawa made a final. Like, there's been teams that have been close, but I I really do like a lot of the Canadian teams this year. And I got to tell you, it's good for business here. We're a rights holder of the NHL. Like, we want as many Canadian teams in the dance as possible, going as far as possible. But, yeah, I think it's actually a pretty decent chance that we could have a team in the uh, from Canada, from the Great White North, actually playing for the Stanley Cup this year. But I hope it's the Leafs. The only way I want it coming back to Canada is down Young Street, fellas, here in Toronto. I can't wait to see it being paraded past the Museum of Human Rights in uh, Winnipeg then. Uh, a little bit, a little bit later, Sammy. You, you, you know, you know it's going to happen now that you've cursed yourself. Hey, uh, I'll get you out yeah, on this one. Richie wants to know. One yeah. of our listeners wants to know where should he put his, his hard-earned five New Zealand pesos on? Do the Krakens beat the Sabers today? The Kraken beat the Sabers. Holy hell! I don't know. Both those teams aren't very good, but I would say the Sabers are having a the Sabers are having a tough go. I hate their goaltending. They're kind of up and down. Kraken are a little bit boring but at least they're a bit more consistent. They've been hot of, re- of late. So if you're putting your hard-earned pesos down on something, buddy, give me the Kraken tonight. How's that sound? The Kraken. Uh, good crack, the as the Irish might say. <laughs> good on you, Sam. Thanks so much for your time. No, my pleasure, fellas. Thanks a lot.